right. This episode is all about strategic stumbling. What does that mean? Well, imagine being able to realize that there are humans that are amazing shortcuts that'll help you solve any problem imaginable. And Dan and I are going to dig into something that I think is very profound. What is the most profound thing that you think we we'd, uh, did in this episode, Dan? Well, we're going to uh, uh, probably give people a handle on so that when they talk to people and they really want other people to know uh, what they do, that they answer a simple question and you have to you have to listen to the rest of the podcast to get that question. That is a cliffhanger. So everything's inside this episode. I guarantee you're going to have a lot of fun. Dan even insults me in this episode, but I love it. So all that and more, check out this episode of Capability Empire. Thank you. So Dan, in this episode, we're talking about strategic stumbling and strategic stumbling is an idea that came from John Bowen and he first brought it up when we were in the Baja on a fishing trip. We called it a mastermind, but really my intent with it all along was to put really, really smart people together, find unique ways to collaborate that they wouldn't normally do anywhere else and create some thinking exercises that would encourage this to occur. And by the end of the experience, Howard Getson and John Bowen come together and they felt that they had created a $100 million to $250 million opportunity, which since has doubled, they think it's about a half a billion. So my goal in doing this episode with you is to get your thoughts and ideas on how to create really great strategic stumbling environments, thinking exercises that encourage collaboration and imagination and novelty. Cause that's your favorite word of, uh, of the day, I think is novelty. That's how you get Dan's yeah. attention. Yeah. I'd say, first of all, uh, you know, um, are you the host or is somebody else the host? That's one question. And the other, the other thing is, um, what qual- qualifies someone to be on the guest list? Okay, <clears throat> so in this particular, because, uh, yeah, you know, because some people just don't know how to be good guests. Well, and I put it in harsher terms, which is if there's a, a turd in the punch bowl, everyone gets sick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> okay, um, I think that's hilarious. But I think it's good. Um, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's good. Okay. Yeah. No, I was so here's, uh, I was yeah. deep into the experience there. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of uh, it was from Caddy. I think it was Caddyshack when the some kid threw the baby Ruth in the swimming pool. Um, Bill Murray pulled it out and he sniffed it. And he goes and then he took a bite out of it and someone fainted. But yeah. moving right along from that yeah. tangent. So here's uh, yes, I'm the host. And the real origin of this experience came from. I was telling Vivian one night, all I wanted to do more than anything was just get really fun people together, go on an adventure in an interesting place. And I just happened to love to fish. I, I grew up fishing. We ate out of the lakes. You know, I grew up in these little farm towns and we ate out of the garden and out of the lake. So I have a lot of dad memories associated with that. And the Baja, in particular in Mexico, is fantastic, and the Sea of Cortez is very gentle waters. And I decided one afternoon to throw together an offer. And Vivian said, "Why don't you do fishy business?" It was her idea, and I thought eh, that's kind of a 
cute little idea. So I whipped up a sales page, made a little video, put it up, and I texted five or six people. And uh, some of them are people that I know from coach, some of them are not. So I think the first thing uh, when you say, what are the criteria? Number one, yes, I was the host. Number two, I needed to find people who I knew um, were coachable, collaborative, and had a history of playing well together, but also would be high quick starts. Because in my experience, if you got a bunch of fact finders in a room, it's usually not that fun. Um, no offense to our fact finder friends, but then um, they loved imagining and have a history of making things happen as well. So there's certain, I could break this down into the nth degree yeah. of personality profile, but then <clears throat> what I did as an experiment is I just took that little video and I texted it to some folks. And the way it went is, hey, uh, I'm thinking about putting together a really cool adventure with some high value people I think you should know and you'd love to be with. Are you interested in a video? I call that the money phone strategy. So yeah. I sent it out to a few people and I got like five yeses in 10 minutes. And... Um, and I they didn't, some of them didn't even watch the video, but I made a little under 10 minute video. <clears throat> so Charlie Epstein was one of them. Howard Getson was another, uh, Richard Rossi, who, you know, and of course, John Bowen. So those are some folks from the coach community. Sure. And then there were some other folks that I've known for years. The other qualifier were, was, it was people I've worked with, I had a history with, or want to work with. Yeah. And, um, and I thought magic would happen. And I, the other thing I know about them is they're very appreciative of introductions and connections. Right. So uh, I have a history with all of them of introducing them to people outside of their network and magic has happened. So there was a high degree of trust. And, and so from there, when we got together, I organized and, and created a bunch of little thinking exercises and questions that created a collaborative environment. So I'll let you take over from here and ask some more questions about what you think works. Yeah, well, the uh, first thing that I'm convinced of that, um, you know, the rightness of your path on this is that I'm convinced that all um, uh, uh, creativity really comes from conversation and discussion. Uh, uh, among people who just enjoy having a great discussion and conversation uh, with people. And what I mean by that is um, there are people who are so, um, you know, what I would say, work-focused and work-deadline-focused um, um, and project-focused uh, that they wouldn't enjoy a conversation that was just open-ended. And they say, well, where's this, uh, where's this leading? Where's this going? And and you say, geez, you know, um, you know, do we do we have Uber water taxi here that we can send it? We'll we'll pay we'll pay, you know, we'll I don't care if it's a thousand miles. We want to get him headed home pretty soon, you know. And and I think uh, there's a real thing that um, uh, I I think that there there's an enjoyment of unexpected. You know, and, and quick starts a bit like that, but I've I've met quick starts who are really tyrannical and they're, you know, they're control. I've met a lot of high quick starts that are control freaks. And it's like 
is a double whammy, you know, it's uh, uh, and everything like that. But I think you're absolutely on the right track. And the other thing is uh, that the, uh, the people, when they're there, they're not thinking about being somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. The, you definitely have to be present. And as you were describing this, I think um, you have to have a history of loving the game. Let's pretend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and they're cool. They're, they're cool. They, they're whatever's taking place back home is self-managed, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah. And there, there's just a lot of people I know who couldn't pull that off. Yes. Well, th what I'd say all of them had in common yeah. is they all said yes and were registered within 15 minutes. They were like, yep, I'll be there. Yeah. And, and there were a few people that I had a couple stragglers and a couple, you know, people who said yes, but I, you know, it was like, they asked me a million questions and all of the deep question or questioning the value and all that kind of, those were no's. And it, the lesson I learned from marketing this is if you're not an in in 10 minutes, then you're a no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it's kind of, it's kind of like they want drug tests. They want, you know, they, you know, <laughs> right on. And, and, <laughs> and so, what what happened? Um, I'll take you through this. Um, and again, I'm really curious mm -hmm. about if you were doing it, how you'd encourage the thinking. But I well, the other th the other thing about it is that you were doing this within the context of what was happening in the world over the last uh, twelve months. So I think these people are probably pretty hungry for this act uh, for this activity. Yeah, for sure. Three of them said specifically, I just had to get the hell out of Dodge and I didn't care whether it was a good deal or, or whether I was going to get something out of it or not. They were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that is very true. I think that that side of timing um, <clears throat> and what happened that that helped is I asked everyone to come prepared to present something unique, special and exciting that they had been inventing or working on that, of course, they wanted uh, feedback on. Um, <clears throat> but I think anytime you create a platform for creative people to share and feel valuable and uh, that that's always a winner. You know, uh, Joe Polish does his 10 minute talks, which has always been a genius strategy. Um, you do an amazing job of, of asking everyone, you know, what did he get out of this? What was your breakthrough and, and creating encouragement? <clears throat> what I tell you, you know, what we're do doing right now that, uh, you know, that <clears throat> this may be a future help to you, but that, that new exercise that uh, came out around December, January, certainty, uncertainty, uh, the certainty, uncertainty focus. And what mm. you do is you talk about a big possibility and then you say everything that you're certain about the possibility and then five things that you're not certain about it. Because what we do is that we have people who are 95% across the bridge to the free zone. And we say, just bring your, uh, your big collaborative, uh, uh, you know, we've done it three times at a connector. And they come in and there's exercise that, you know, just that everybody does like this morning, the questions. And, and then we have the person say, okay, he's got, uh, he's got a possibility here. And, um, just say what the pot, we've got it printed off for everybody so they can re read it and everything else. And they say, this is the possibility. 
this is what I'm certain about, and I've got five things that are uncertain. And the uncertainty column is a total who attractor. And the reason is we don't want to help mm. people. Nobody wants to help somebody who's certain. Oh, yeah. We only want to help right. people who are uncertain. You can't be a hero with someone who's certain. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's what is interesting, though, Dan. Um, I, I'd like you to deconstruct this. So every single person who is there is what I would say is excited about the future, loves collaborating, certainly was uh, excited about the idea of going to a, an easy to go to but novel place, which the Baja is great for. It's beautiful. It's safe. There's great drinks, um, awesome food. And we had a little adventure component. Not everyone wanted to be go fishing at all, but we got a luxury boat with air conditioning. I mean, it wasn't a struggle. But <clears throat> when you get to the uncertain, I, none of them are what I call financially uncertain. They're not uncertain about who they are. No, it's, things you don't, no, it's just things you don't know. Okay. It's brand new. How can you know everything? I mean, if okay. it's brand new, how can you know about everything, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's like so the, the project okay. that we're talking about, the storytelling with collaboration. You can map this out, but there's certain things that you're uncertain until you've tested it out. Who do I test it out with, you know? And, um, you know, and everything like that. Uh, certainty, uh, being uncertain isn't being un not confident. It's just not knowing. As a matter of fact, it's confident people who can talk about their uncertainties. Yes. Okay. Well, and, and, and again, I want to understand the psychology here because um, out of everyone, so Howard Getson, for example, he's got the AI hedge, uh, hedge fund plus this platform. Um, for him, he's always looking for right fit investors and, of course, people to contribute to the uh, fund and people who can see the vision of the platform, the AI itself, and create license opportunities. That's his free yeah. zone. Um, for John Bowen, uh, he's got this new platform, which was super fascinating. He demonstrated this VR meeting room for financial advisors and, and their clients, which is a great idea. And it was very impressive. Everyone really enjoyed it. Uh, we had Richard Rossi there, and he did two things. One of them is because he's doing this longevity mastermind, he has uh, access to some really fascinating longevity experts. And he brought in what I would, he kind of compiled the best of his stuff. Plus, he also um, has been doing, doing super high-end masterminds where everyone felt special. So he talked about 25 strategies that makes everyone feel special, like how they gift. And I mean, really interesting things I would have never thought of. Um, Charlie was there demonstrating and showing off his new uh, documentary uh, and his play, and he got some great ideas to roll it out. We had another expert there. He's not part of Coach. I'm actually referring him in right now, who designs supplements. He is the hmm. world's leading um, ingredientologist. Yeah, and he is, I, I've heard of him. Uh, I think yep. you've talked. I think you've talked about him before. I have. He has a new, brand new uh, book. I'll just tell you his name. His name is Sean Wells. Great yep. guy. Yeah. 
And he talked about the latest in formulations and what we call energy stacks, you know, things to enhance your, your um, body, your brain, your energy, et cetera. And, you know, you think about everyone there is contributing decades of research and knowledge inside of a 20 to 40 minute segment and then getting feedback and help. Another guy is a social media expert. We had someone from Korea there. And the, I guess the point is what everyone was interested in is the idea of um, being able to present, you know, being able to deal, make, collaborate, um, a great adventure. But I'm still struggling a little bit with what's the big unknown other than knowing that you don't know everything and you want access to maybe the latest in marketing technology and ideation. Um, what yep. other unknowns might show up for this brand or breed of person, do you think? Well, the the way, I mean, when you're doing a new, uh, <clears throat> a new uh, venture, uh, you're an expert on the long way to do it. Yeah. What you're looking for is shortcuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> shortcuts of knowledge, shortcuts of resources, shortcuts of capabilities, shortcuts, you know, somebody's already done it. And uh, it's already custom made, but uh, they're not doing it for the reason you're doing it, but it would be easy to modify it. Uh, um, yeah. Humans are voracious, have a voracious appetite for shortcuts. That is true. The overused term being hacks, but um, yeah. that is for sure what everyone's looking for. I think the way I frame it is, imagine being in a room where you've got centuries of wisdom and knowledge and you could bypass days, weeks, months, or years of figuring something out with a simple conversation. I well, think that was effective. I mean, that's um, that's why we're eight billion instead of eight thousand fighting saber-toothed tigers. You know, right? No, I mean that's why. You know, there's a book I'm sending it out to everybody. It's called uh, "The Secret of Our Success," and why this one mammal that's not fast not particularly strong, can't climb very well, dominates every other, dominates every niche on the planet, okay? And he says, and he showed me an example, and this example, they took a two and a, uh, 10 two and a half year toddlers, they took 10 same size chimps, older, but not same size, and 10 orangutans, and uh, they gave, each each of them presented it from a lawn tube that's closed on one end and a stick, and there was sweet syrup at the bottom of the tube. And they gave it to them, and um, <clears throat> they they took about uh, they took about ten minutes, and one chimp had figured it out in ten minutes. Uh, the orangutan was tri uh, still trying to figure which of his four hands he was going to work with. And all the toddlers had it in two minutes. One of the toddlers stuck it down, stuck it in his mouth, and all the other toddlers did it. That's why we dominate all the other species. We're looking for shortcuts. And we, yep. we're watching who are, who are the great shortcut people. You know, I'm looking for shortcut people. And apparently uh, humans have pretty well figured this out by the time they're one year old. They know yeah. mom's really useful, dad not so much, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's basically copy. No, the, I, th I think what you the shortcut monkey. You, well, you've created, uh, uh, you know, you've created uh, an environment 
for uh, the most, you know, on their own intelligent, creative people to uh, profit from each other's shortcuts. But they got to come with something. They, they can't show up and be a taker. Yep. Can't have a turd in the punch bowl. That's right. Yeah, exactly. No, there was. Uh, <clears throat> and part of the appeal of this is it's only referral. This isn't anything I advertise or market. It, it's purely I send out invites to people who I I created a big map of, of folks who I knew a, I, I would have fun with. And the theme was to me in my mind is work is play and play is work. And so it had to feel like play the whole time. Um, well, and, and the other thing is that, uh, you know, I think it's the way you've done it. It's got enough time and it's a small enough group that people can do deep dives with just another person, you know, uh, and I think that's important that, uh, uh, you know, you have enough structure with that. Everybody's got to make a presentation and you don't need any more structure than that. I mean, um, you know, all you know, the one thing everybody checks uh, is that everybody's a giver. You know, the first thing any group checks out is who's the taker here. They don't want to be with takers. If you're a giver, you don't want to be around takers. God, that is true. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. But I think it's great. I, you know, I, I think it's really, really great. And it's sort of, a, you know, I mean, well, it generated a huge. I mean, there was a lot of preparation for John and uh, John and, um, you know, um, and Howard to, you know, no, they just hadn't clicked. They just hadn't clicked. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, for them, it had to do with. Um, proximity and time for sure. So as the old saying goes, pressing the flesh, um, they had to have time to iterate. And I think that's uh, m more the same, but also get exposed to what happens to everyone. Every business owner is we either get in the habit of telling the same stories over and over again. In other words, our marketing message is the same and it's lacking nuance and what we think is valuable isn't what the market often thinks is valuable. So they had to get past the, and again, they've got six years of history. How they didn't arrive at this conclusion is fascinating. But it, I think it, again, came through John's description of strategic stumbling. Both of them knew <clears throat> there's something here, but they had to play what if and let's pretend long enough for something to show up. And I will also say what frequently happens inside an environment like this is you'll have eight or 10 people going back and forth and something from a completely different industry suddenly becomes relevant and useful. And you have that aha experience. And it's like, ah, of course. Well, I think the so other, obvious. I think the other thing, knowing both, you know, John and um, Howard, I know them, you know, really well and uh they have their each of them you know has a blinder which apparently they got passed uh in your uh, event and for H howard his thing was always about the technology and it's the technology the technology the technology and uh with john it's 300 people 
It's 300 people. I mean, I can't create something that's not for 300 people. And, and what they came up with is that both of them came up with the solution is uh, 10 people that can bring 50 million. Yeah. It's a big and leverage play. Not sure. only that, but the 10 people know each other and the 10 people are all the same kind of people. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pre-qualified, completely pre-qualified because John will select the 10 will do it. I mean, John is essentially referring 10 people that he's already pre-qualified. You don't have to qualify. He's already pre-qualified their investors, you know, and, but Howard, it's not about the technology. The technology is a given. Yes. And not Both only of those that, are absolutely true. Yeah. 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 So I think the blinder is that John always thinks in large groups and Howard always thinks in technology. And it wasn't about the technology. It was about the right 10 people who have the right, you know, have the right uh, referral capability of bringing in an average of 50 million each. Yeah, that's so, in my language, it would be the perfect who yeah. uh, for, for John specifically. Um, <clears throat> he also has a tendency to think through a certain linear lens on how a deal should look like. And this one kind of broke some of the old rules. I hope he's not offended when I say that. But he, um, uh, he genuinely had a, a, a collaborative excitement and... I, I, my suspicion, I don't know this with certainty, but I also think John thinks some of his new technology will be very applicable to what Howard is doing and give him access to a completely sure. different audience. Yeah. Um, cause there's opportunity for leverage there. And I think again, having a shared platform is always, always anytime a entrepreneur sees a platform they're in, they're going to contribute. Yeah. And for Howard, it's, it's, not just the technology, something I've been working with him on uh, intensely is it's like, Howard, tell me a story. Tell me a short story of transformation and stay out of the weeds um, because he can't help himself because he's so smart. He knows so much stuff and he forgets that all the things that are important to him aren't important to everyone else. So, um, you know, I, I give him when I'm asking him questions or we're doing interviews now, I'll say, I'm going to give you three minutes or I'm going to give you one minute. And I want you to start by telling me a story. Yeah. It can't be a, it can't be a story. And about he's stuff. a good story. And he's a good storyteller when he he's gets a great done. storyteller and he's yeah. infinitely coachable. Yeah. Um, yeah. He will, yeah. he, he doesn't take anything personally. And that's, that is um, quite remarkable. Yeah. Well, people okay. don't want to know what, you know, they want to know why they should know you. <laughs> yeah. You know, knowing what you know is really a long slug. Knowing why they should know you is a real shortcut. <laughs> right. Have and you your story, I don't remember no, that one. Story, your, your story is, uh, the story tells them why they should know you. Have you told us this one before? I don't remember this. I just I just created it on the spot. Damn. 
That's really good, Dan. No, it is. That's all people are figuring out. Why should I know you? You know, why should I know you? You know, so is there any reason why I should know you beyond the next hour? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is a uh, another subtitle for this: "Our people are the ultimate shortcuts." Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you, uh, the humans are, you know, the only. I mean, uh, the only resource is human ingenuity, and the only source of human ingenuity is other human beings you know yeah and when i think about this i know um and i do think about this a lot i'll be listening to someone and i'll be like okay i know enough and i don't care at all if i know anything of what they're i just have to first of all make sure i trust and believe them right so you got to make sure they're credible and um, get past the sniff test. And then from there, having a, a person as a resource and a referral is the ultimate shortcut, which oh, yeah. is you don't need to know anything. You just set up the conversation. And, um, you know, if there's a way that you can create a collaboration inside of uh, a threesome, that's even more magnificent, right? Um, you know, where are the multipliers there? And I, there's, it's much more complicated math. But um, all right, that's a big idea. That is, yeah. that is a genuinely powerful strategic stumbling strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, you know, um, that's all, if that's all people want to know, what should you tell them? You know, I mean, uh, here's why you yeah, should, let's, here's why you should, yeah. you know, who does a great job of that is uh, he's, um, I, I uh, forget his name sometimes, but he appears at Genius Network a lot. And he does a lot of different things. And he's been Shark Tank and everything. Not, Kevin, not Kevin Harrington. Not, not Kevin Harrington, but he's, uh, he's, he's, he, he, he's really informative. Like he'll tell you 15 things in 15 minutes, you know, new softwares and I'm just uh, I'm just trying to think of it. Uh, just describe him a little more. Uh, some of the details. I'll try to yeah. think of it. Yeah, he's kind of short. He's kind of short, and uh, you know, he apparently lives a great lifestyle. But he, he owns like fifty. He's got parts of fifty different con companies, and you know, and everything like that. Uh, it'll come to you right away when you hear the hear the name. Uh, but uh, it's not Roland Fraser, is Roland it? Fra Roland Fraser. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. And Roland, yeah, Fraser, Roland, Roland comes in and he says, I've been looking at all sorts of softwares over the last year. So I, I'm just going to show you 15 that I find really intriguing. And he gives you 15 and then he gives you all the information and he's got a video afterwards. And I said, this is why we should know you. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like you're a scout, you know, I mean, it's like Peter, Peter Diamandis, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Peter said to me, he said, you know, he said, you know, uh, I'm starting to get a feeling of it, it that I have to be your advance scout that uh, for anything that has the possibility of letting you live to 156. I said, that's a good, that's a good rule. That's, that's good. a good reason. The reason I should know you. That that is another profound worksheet opportunity. Cheers. It's yours. Um, it's yours. Okay. You can, use, you, can, you can use this for your uh, storytelling. Because okay. the only thing that should be part of your story is why other people should know you. 
what shortcuts do you represent and what access you can provide? So for years, I always thought, um, I thought of access as being the ultimate value. And I, no, I, I, I don't think, think that. Yeah. First of all, I, I think it's not possible to predict why people would want to know you. But I do feel, feel that it'll fall into the general category of some sort of shortcut. Yeah. A knowledge, a knowledge shortcut, a resource shortcut, or a capability. You can just start with those three. Yes. I agree. Um, I'm taking, I'm furiously taking notes again. Yeah. So, um, so if you think to yourself, and I, I agree with Roland, he's very, very good at that. And it also sets him up very well because a huge part of what he does, this is another genius idea, um, is he puts himself smack in the middle of deal flow. And so he can effectively scrape the cream off the top of deals as they're coming in and meet the founders. And he's really good at knowing what, where their pain is and um, being able to solve that with a shortcut or a connection. Yeah. So if you think for a moment about anyone else who shows up that way, who is the type of person that right away, so we talked about Peter, he's your longevity shortcut. Yeah. What other shortcut people do you have? You've got Joe Polish is your connector shortcut. Yeah. He's my one person Rolodex, you know? Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, crazy, unpredictable podcast. Probably you. Okay. Do I, I, mean, I, do I, mean, I have a shortcut? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the fastest way to a crazy batch it podcast is just start talking to Mike, Mike Koenix. Something valuable comes out of every one of them, but what yeah. the hell? Well, the yeah. thing is, uh, we have a, a lot of different uh, channels. You know, uh, every individual has multiple universes. And, uh, you know, you want to have relationships in those universes that are permanently enjoyable and productive. You know, I've got this guy is very interesting. He was in uh, 10 times workshop and he always does the first 10 times of the quarter and the last, last one 10 times. So he always does two. So we get kind of a grade at the end of the quarter and he's a, He's a nine fact finder, two quick start. Okay. And, mm. he, and he's got the number one by a uh, hundred miles, number one site surveying company in uh, Metro Toronto. So right now uh, he's working on about 2,500 major construction projects in the city of Toronto. And he's the site surveyor. And the site surveyor is the guy who always gets paid because, uh, the, um, the nothing happens on a deal until the legal authorities have the site survey, you know, and it's got to satisfy every requirement, you know, you know, that they have about property. And so he said, you know, uh, I've got your site survey here. And as soon as your check arrives, uh, you'll get your site survey, you know, and uh, but uh, what he did, I'm just going to tell you an interesting thing is that. He, there's an enormous amount of public information about land acquisition and 
land assembly in the city that's available from a whole bunch of different sources because there's some legal, you know, legal requirement that involves each of them. And uh, then there's just the talk on the street of who's going big and what they're looking for and everything else. And all this information is available, but it takes a nine quick start to collect it all and to put it into a system. So what he's got is an electronic map. I think I've told you about this. He's got an electronic map of the GTA. So the GTA is Greater Toronto Area. Okay. okay. And he's got every block and he knows every piece of property. And uh, he's got different colors that electronically show up on a block when, let's say, acquisition is um, three, oh, yeah. three yellows and three yellows pop up. And he says, okay, uh, I predict uh, six years, there'll be a project there. And then he starts his marketing for that project about three years before the date. And he's a nine fact, he's a nine fact finder. And yes. so we had this discussion in the workshop yesterday about, you know, well, a quick start, so the creative ones. And I said, no, they're all creative. This go about it in a, a fact finder is just as creative as a, Quick start. They just go about it in a different way, you know, and they need a lot of facts before they execute, you know, follow throughs need to put a system together before they execute. And uh, quick starts have to go in motion before they learn anything, <laughs> you know, and uh, implementers have to have it tangible. You know, the bigger the implementer, the more they want hands on, they want to feel what it's like. I said, they're all creative. And I said, if you got a great team, you got to have all those different ways of creating. I said, you know, it's a bias. You know, you're just cutting your, you're just telling yourself stupid stories that cut you off from other people's creativity. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh. you know, there is no bad activity or bad job in the world. There's just ones that aren't good for you. I said, don't, you know, don't, uh, don't make judgments about other people's work. Yes. Yes. So um, while you were describing that, um, I, I have a longtime former client who uh, used to do online marketing stuff and then got into the drone business. And this is very relevant and germane to what you're just talking about, um, which so they started using drones and they'd fly over rooftops and they had some sort of an AI algorithm that would determine if a roof needed to be replaced and then they would sell these leads to rooftop replacement companies. So I'm like, God, I wouldn't, it's like one of those brilliant, brilliant ideas. Now what he did, which is equally genius is they adapted the technology and figured out a way where they would fly drones over fruit orchards and they would determine the ideal picking time the uh, volume of spray they needed and um, all kinds of other, I don't even remember all the details that are super important, but it's grower data for predicting stuff that normally is very human resource intensive, um, prone to errors. And this AI could make assumptions just based upon, yeah. I don't know, foliage and wind and all kinds of other things that again would be way too detail for humans. That's, uh, that's and, how the DEA really cut down on illegal uh, pot, uh, you know, pot growing. And the reason sure. is, 
The reason is the electrician, they could fly drones over and they could tell the, uh, it's just an abnormal amount of electric usage coming out of this building because it's all, hydro, yeah. it's all hydroponic and they're probably even tapping in illegally to the, you know, into the power thing. But they can tell just by the building what kind of electric signature is coming off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean, getting, I mean yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, criminals have to get smarter, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, well, pretty soon we're, we're uh, you know, there's, um, I bumped into another guy recently. He's in the military and they're making drone shields because they've got micro drones that have explosives on them and their their whole business is creating electronic nets because they can't make nets that are fast enough they have to be smart nets that prevent the drone so i think uh the level of complexity that's going on is fascinating and this gets right back to the original premise of this episode which is strategic stumbling yeah without strategic stumbling i don't think you can spot the opportunity or get the solution at least in in shortcut time without uh cross disciplines you've got to get people in from a whole bunch of different industries if you want the fastest shortcuts um so diversity of science and history and tech and knowledge and that is one of those beautiful things about uh organizing and putting together well and i think the other thing is a lot of um uh, on the ground trial and error with things where there was uh, failure had pain attached to it, actual pain attached to it, and, yeah. success, <laughs> and success had celebration attached to it. No, I mean, uh, it's the divide in society of people who are overeducated in theories and short on actual practical skills. Yeah. Yeah. I used to say, uh, um, when I used to diagnose people who'd come in, I go, I, I know what your problem is. They go, what's that? I go, you got too many letters behind your name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you feel the need of letters behind your name. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, Mom, I, mommy and daddy didn't give you enough attention growing up. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, I think we've really dived down on some really permanent takeaways here that, uh, um, uh, one, one is that you should have a, have a really good um, story how you're a creator of shortcuts. That is an unbelievable takeaway. Consider that one. Uh, um, that'll be a new exercise. So yeah. that'll be one of them. It's all, yep. it's all yours. You're the story. You're the storytelling guy. And uh, the other, the other thing is, um, um, you know that. Um, the first thing that people check out is not what you know. They want to know why they should know you. Gosh, that's so good. That is so good. I, 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 there. And we don't have a lot of time, you know, I mean, I mean, we have to sort things out kind of quickly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, you don't have all the time in the world to find out why you should know somebody, you know, yeah, I mean, they, the other person has to give a helping hand on this, you know. This one deserves uh, some some high quality thinking. Yeah. So, um, well, here's what I my action items and homework assignments are going to be to pull out and figure out our our um, some of our forms. And between the last 
the other two episodes, if you go backwards on creating purpose for other people, um, there's purpose for your who's who do things, but there's also <clears throat> crafting that integrated purpose on a collaborative level. And the other one uh, with the creating money that doesn't exist is really creating an assessment of, um, you know, where's that wisdom, where's that knowledge? And in a funky way, bringing all this back to a triad, uh, creating money that doesn't exist has to do with exploiting those shortcuts. Um, and, and doing that either as a brand, as a business brand, or as an individual brand. And, and I've said this for quite some time now. I believe Elon Musk will be the first trillion-dollar personal brand. Okay. And, and most of the time, not always, when he opens up his mouth, the stock price increases. And if it doesn't to his stuff, it does to something else. And so um, there, I, I believe that the, the day of the platform CEO is now more valuable than ever before. Mm -hmm. And don't think that you're going to create your platform when you leave your company. You need to do it before you exit while you're still meaningful and relevant. And, um, and, and yeah, no, I think, no, I mean, <clears throat> it's really, um, um, a faster, you know, it's a much faster game. And one of the things uh, I was talking to, uh, you know, one of the big takeaways that I had from my association with Peter Zion, you know, we, uh, uh, with, uh, you know, the <clears throat> disunited nations, the accidental superpower. And I said, uh, do you have a feeling that the um, general turmoil in the world, like it's almost like, uh, everything's in turmoil and i've never seen just kind of uniformly the sheer amount of bother that's being talked about you know and uh and uh i think people are just kind of bothered and i said you know what if a, a major historic there's a I, I said to peter what if there is a major historical paradigm going on here and i said if you think about human history what we call history, you know, where things are written down, it goes back, you know, where you have some sort of markings or you have some sort of records. And, you know, it's less than 10,000 years, you know, maybe seven, 8,000 years. And I said, but if you think about the entire history, you know, of what are humans, maybe it goes back 200,000 years. And I said, could it be that up until now, uh, recently, let's say the last 200 years, all the history of the world has been in the Eastern Hemisphere. And what if all the history of the world going for, forward is in the Western Hemisphere? And uh, that Europe is, you know, it's uh, kind of a gated retirement community that Europe, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's where old folks go not to be challenged anymore. Yeah. You know, you know and, <laughs> You know, and, uh, you know, and uh, new ideas not welcome, you know, and, you know, and that, you know, you think of the uh, the Eastern and Western Hemisphere runs through London, you know, the line, you know. Oh, so, yeah. So there's part, part of the UK is in the Western. And that's why the Brits always play both sides is because <laughs> they're on the line. Because they can. Yeah. Yeah, well, they can, uh, you know, and they everything. But all of the. What I see from uh, the biggest problem in the United States right now is too much capital and not enough to invest in. Because everybody in the world wants to get their capital to the United States. 
They want to get their children to the United States. They want to get their new idea to the United States. Okay. And, uh, and you know, and it's the hemisphere. And uh, I, Peter Dezion said, you know, the biggest complaint about South America uh, for the entire history is that the Americans don't pay any attention to them. He said, and uh, he said in about 50 years, they'll wish that was still true. Yeah. And, and that's just because of the increasing birth rate and the talent pool there, or what specifically are you talking about? What's the oh, just enormous amount of resources that are undeveloped. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, they just don't have the capital. I mean, one country in South America really has the wherewithal to be, and that's Argentina. Right, yeah. right. That's what Peter talks about. Argentina. That's part of its, yeah. And so Mexi the, Mexico the is perfectly positioned because they have such a, they have such a young population and they're, you know, and the other thing is that um, uh, it's easier for a Mexican company to actually do business with the United States than it is to do Mexicans in another city because they're all broken up into these separate, they have about 12 cities and they're not easy to get from one to the other. It's easier just to get to yeah. the United States. Yeah, the states, um, I think I've told you this, if I haven't, we're, we're, building a place down in the Baja. And um, I'm very, very fascinated right now with Mexico. And we we had clients down there over about almost 20 years ago. And just getting around and getting stuff done was impossible. And, you know, the the when we always made jokes about Mexican mar marketing, because it looked like a 1970s infomercial, everything was horrible. The, the the Mexican English, you know, there's or the Spanglish, and I mean everything was so ridiculous. It was like watching a cartoon. And now the level of sophistication, and it's still cheap. You know, the exchange rate. There's amazing opportunities for partnerships, and yeah. uh, I don't know how to put it, positive exploitation. You know, where it's mutually beneficial um, growth. And um, I, I agree. I think the, the opportunity down there is immense right now. In fact, I'm going to be down next week yeah. Um, yeah. because there's just. And, and first of all, they've learned that they, they, their future is great if they disobey one rule. You know what the one rule is in Mexico? Don't lay a, no, hand, don't lay a hand on an American. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. That is a. Uh, that uh, would people always ask me, is you it can, safe down there? You can, you can go out and kill 50 of your own people and there's no problem. Do not inconvenience or lay a hand on an American. Yep. No mess with the gringos. That is very true. <laughs> and uh, it, when, a, when a gringo gets hurt, it's, it's usually from two things. It's you're in the wrong place at the wrong time at the wrong time of night, which is, you know, there's, I always say there's certain things you don't do, like don't drive through Compton at midnight and shout certain words out of a window. Mm -hmm. All right. And then uh, the same yeah. is true in Mexico, right? There's just some places you don't go yeah. to. But uh, the other part of it is um, it's if you're resisting petty theft, uh, because that is a problem down there that because the, the cops are corrupt yeah. um, and there is petty theft, but it is a very pleasant place to yeah. be in, get around to and, increasingly do business in the right kind of businesses. I think um, if you're in uh, building and construction, not so much anything where there's resources, there simply aren't enough resources to go around. Yeah. But um, 
I, no, I, I agree. But, but my sense is that a lot of the, you know, that the place in the world that's been historically most important in all the stories of history, uh, it's not important anymore. And it's all shifting. And my feeling is that the U.S. is consolidating and pulling back and going to, into space. And uh, uh, they had uses for a United Nations on the planet, but they don't have any use for a United Nations in space. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, and I in, in the other part of this that <clears throat> you can't ignore is it's not just outer space. It's the new inner space, which is in virtual reality. It's alternate universes. Maybe one thing that I'll uh, I'll end on. I talked to John Bowen when we were doing our mastermind. Uh, I got turned on to this a while ago for my son. It was called Earth 2.0. And it is a place to buy virtual real estate. And it is a map. It's a full universe where pretty soon when you're wearing augmented reality glasses, there will be advertisers in Earth 2.0 that don't exist in the physical space. So the whole idea is you'll be looking at billboards through your, you know, it'll look like it's real, but it's mapped on 3D space. That is a internationally recognized map. Now, other people could create virtual worlds, but it. Well, you know, Dean Jackson already was doing that 20 years ago. Yeah. You know what he did? Which which thing? No, he what he does, he mapped out about 50 major uh, urban areas in the United States and he broke them down into uh, residential real estate. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there there's kind of he said that every uh, every uh, you know, viable real estate market has seven different sales in it, depending on what age the person is. And that covers about, you know, what they what they will buy at 20, what they'll buy at 30, you know, in their life conditions. And he mapped it out and he had the map and he had it all laid out. And then he sold the rights to this to individual real estate agents. And uh, mm. so and it's you basically got, arbitrary territories. Yeah. And you got an exclusive. You didn't have to use it. But uh, but every. Uh, month he had to be able to uh deduct your um your fee and you could just take it and not do anything with it and he sold all the real estate in 50 maybe maybe urban centers uh he sold it again <laughs> yeah 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 it's a yeah. great it's a great pitch and that yeah so i didn't i didn't know that and it's uh it's genius but i think um uh back to your original point the stumbling block up until recent has been and this is something else that elon's doing with starlink you know the the hard no for some people to move and live in parts of the world is do you have high-speed internet goes right over our, goes right over our cottage did you get a starlink did you get no, the we, we've got we've got really good we've got really good wi-fi you know i mean it's uh, the wi-fi okay. really good up there but you know it's uh you know uh, it goes over some really isolated uh, areas, you know, and um, yep. you get you get you know you get perfect. Anyway, this is uh, you know uh, it's been uh, another uh, uh, typically unpredictable batshit set of podcasts that we've just done. <laughs> always, always fun. I I like the uh, I like going around. Um, you know, it's like driving Baja dune buggying. We get to go all over the place and uh, everywhere there's something interesting to look at. So 
Um, well, we'll call this one strategic stumbling, but I think um, the uh, people are the ultimate shortcuts being the grand uh, subtitle of this. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing is, uh, uh, why, why should I, you know, uh, why, why should I know you? You know, why should I know you? I, I would get, uh, I would get it because that's, this seems to me to be a multi-platform sort of thing. So I would get to the to the IP on this right away. You know, whoever does IP, I would get it logged right away. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm not going to do anything with it, but uh, that would give me a handle of how to position you to help everybody else. Um, I I it's beautiful. So consider us on it, and it'll be Marisa on that. So hi, Marisa, yeah, yeah. you've got it here, and. In the meantime, I think the other thing that uh, for anyone who's uh, interested, uh, tell me why I should know you. I think that's the tell me why I should know you. Tell me why I should know you. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's very compelling. <laughs> it is. Yeah. 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 Excuse, really strong. Excuse, excuse me, just a minute. Could you very quickly tell me why I should know you? <laughs> it's really strong. It's really strong. <laughs> yeah. So. um well, and there's one other takeaway in here as well, um, which is if you want to know more about um, these these trips that I do, um, just send an email to VIP at paidforlife.com um, or, you know, send a text message to that number that I've been um, sharing, which is 858-434-5316 and text the letter CA. That's Capability Amplifier. You'll get a transcript of this. And hell, the tools, as soon as, by the time we publish this, I'll have a tool made so you'll have access to the tool also and start playing with it. Yep. All right. Well, Dan, okay. another another creative uh, masterpiece. It was a total blast. And everyone who's watching, listening, make sure you give us five stars, leave some great comments, and share this with some friends. Great. Thank you.